This podcast is sponsored by Tenofos.com. Tenofos.com handpick the best Christian books that point to Jesus and sell them at discounted prices. The more you buy, the cheaper they get. If you've ever said to a friend, I'm praying, then check out Nancy Guthrie's brilliant new book, I'm Praying For You, which challenges the words we use in our prayers to help us be praying for people the way God would want us to be praying. Check it out at tenofos.com. Welcome to the final episode of season two of Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. My name is Sarah, I live in Newcastle in the UK, and this is my sister Felicity, and she lives in the US. Hello everyone. I can't believe it's our final episode, Sarah. I know. It's just happened like that. It's just here already. It's gone. <laughs> it's flown. I know. It's just like, kind of like a sad sense. I feel like James really has become our friend over this time. <laughs> and yet we have to put him down. Well, we don't, well, do we though? That's the question, isn't it? I mean, we might come on to that later. Do we just have to shut the book and that's it? I don't know. But I do feel a bit like we did it with Habakkuk and um, it was quite sad saying goodbye to Habakkuk, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when I said put down, I didn't really mean like put down as in you put a dog down, just like <laughs> not be talking about him so much for a while. But you're yes. right. It's a good question to be asking. Is that how it works? That's the book. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I was thinking that you would be putting it down <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> what's in your cup? Hot water. <laughs> well, that's <interesting>. <laughs> <laughs> two sisters and a cup of hot water. <laughs> I know it's just a bit late for a cup of tea. Ah, uh, yes, caffeine, caffeine hit. Mm. We, I've actually realised we've got a little bit of a crisis in our house because there are only six Yorkshire tea tea bags left. Oh. And we go. We are coming to England, but it's not for like two and a half weeks. So mm, you're going to have to. Mm. You're going to have to max out on the Earl Grey, aren't you? Well, that's what I'm doing. Gone for and hang on, hang on. You've still got your jam and toast tea bags. You said you still had like thirty-eight. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, hmm, interesting. Yes, I'm not sure there'll be a worthy replacement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so what are you eating? Uh, just the classic chocolate hobnob. It's really hot here, so it has actually begun to melt on the way from the kitchen down to the basement where I'm recording. Oh. Yeah, so it's got a sort of like gooey feel, which reminded me of a biscuit I'm looking forward to when I get to England, that kind of caramel digestive under the chocolate one. Remember that? Oh, yes, I was thinking we might get some when you actually come to see us. Oh, yeah. It's like celebratory biscuit. I'm so excited for that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So what we were thinking was that we would sort of round up James by thinking in terms of summarising, but also thinking in terms of what have really been the big punches for us. And and in I guess as we've been trying to sort of summarise where we've got to, then actually for our hearts, where has it really hit hard? And not in a negative way, but in an encouraging way as well. So that's what we're going to be doing this episode but first of all Sarah do you want to just help us think through what what is the point of even thinking about summarizing things and rounding things up and all that kind of stuff is this just something we're doing for the podcast or is that what you do in your normal kind of bible study life Mm. yeah it's a really good question um I think it's a bit of a discipline to like actually sit down at the end of the book and go I'm actually just going to intentionally take some time to think this through 
Um, but I felt like we just whistle stopped our way through that last bit of James last week. So I was like, actually, we I really needed this. I really need the time to just kind of sit down and think, actually, right, yeah, what has been the really significant moments in this book and how has it changed me? Um I just think it's a really helpful thing to do, isn't it? I think it just brings it all together. It just helps you cement things that I feel like there's been a lot going on in James and it's really helpful to just cement, well, what actually are the kind of real big takeaways that I want to keep coming back to? Um, And I think that just takes a bit of time. And also it's just helpful to do it with someone else in that, isn't it? I Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I think there's a... Um, it just makes it a bit more manageable because if if we sort of think back on James, there are so many different things that we've talked about. So trying to pull it together just means that we actually have something a bit more concrete to think about, really, and to think, oh, that's what James was all about. I quite like before before we started recording the podcast on James, I tried to come up with a little kind of summary statement. So I've just been comparing that to what I've kind of thought by the end. Oh yeah, that's, that's a good idea. idea quite a helpful thing and then I really like doing that with other people as well that kind of like if you if you almost have a sort of challenge like what's your summary what's yours oh are they that different or <laughs> are they similar what's the what are the big things that we've both kind of pulled out which I guess is a little bit of what we're going to be doing this episode as we highlight different things that have stuck out I don't, I don't think I'm that organized though with it I think this is probably where we differ I don't feel like I've got just to, to burst your bubble I don't have a summary sentence for you I, I, I hope you're not expecting I it I did not at all expect <laughs> that. I appreciate it's my own way of doing it okay so we are different so this right. is <laughs> just didn't want this to fall flat to it, you know it's a good thing <laughs> okay okay Great. so well let's think Sarah do you want to do you want to kick us off by well so what we thought we would do is we we have decided to to come up with three words that think are kind of like our key three words from the book um and that kind of sum up where we think this is driving to our heart the most yes yes just yes yeah that is what we've decided to do (laughs) and just so everyone knows Sarah is quite quite tight on the you're only allowed three words you're not allowed yes. sort of, you, only one word for each one you're not allowed a sort of hyphenated two word thing no no there's three words that's very simple <laughs> three words so should I run through my words then yes right so so my three words are trials tongue and humility interesting yes mm. okay do you want to talk us through I talk, talk you through why yeah okay um, so number one, trials on my list. Um, I just think it's been massive. I just think this this perspective on trials that we've had from right at the beginning, right the way through the end of the book, actually, has just been hugely significant for me. Um, I've, I've found myself praying through it in all manner of ways, through the smallest trials of my children on day-to-day kind of discipline things, to some really big stuff that's going on for us and thing like, wow, if I, if, I, if I didn't have this book speaking to my heart in this season, would I be, how would I be thinking about these trials at the moment? I don't know. Like, I think it's just been, it's just been extraordinarily significant having this, not a perspective shift, because I think I've known this stuff and I've known how to think about it, but I don't think it's been so real to really consider 
these you know trials that we're facing joy because of what it's doing in my heart and because of the perseverance that we're encouraged to see growing um and I haven't I don't think I've really ever connected the the praying for wisdom to see trials the way that God sees them Mm. and to see things from his perspective so I think that's been that's just been massive for me and again, like that, the link with temptations coming into that and actually how I tempted to doubt God and be double-minded in the face of trials. Like I think just that whole, the whole thing on trials through this book has been really significant and it's had a really deep impact on, on the way I'm thinking, on the way that I've approached thinking about trials going on and also just in the way that I'm talking to other people. Like I, this is very James is coming out a lot my friends <laughs> church family probably really bored of me talking about James but like generally I just this has just been really important in the way that I'm walking alongside other people I think at the moment so mm, trials okay. that's been my first big one um the tongue I mean it's just been such deep exposure on my use use of the tongue and I think that that chapter you know chapter three was just that really yeah cut me to the heart and in the way particularly in my parenting in the way that I use my tongue towards my children in the way I view them and I think I've really seen again the need for wisdom and just like really praying for wisdom and how I use my words um in all manner of different ways and I've really needed to hear that uh what was his uh where was it what, what was the illustration that um you recognize a tree by its fruit that kind of language oh, yeah. I've really needed to hear that in relation to my words. I think it's been very kind of easy for me to assume that you can see it by actions and everything else, but actually my words really show what my heart is, is thinking. Um, and yeah, well, yeah. yeah the, 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 it's so clear that the, our words expose our heart. They are an overflow of our heart, which is so sobering, isn't it? When you think, yeah words just explode out without much thought yeah yeah that's it isn't it without much thought and yet he says be slow to speak and like be quick to listen and I just yeah I just think it's been that's been I think out of all the different challenges through the book that's been the one that has kept on kind of exposing my heart and I'm thankful for it I think that's what it comes down to I think like you know we were saying at the beginning of the book we're like oh I just feel really daunted by this because it's going to be really hard (laughs) And it has been, it has been really hard to hear all this stuff, but in a really good way, I'm really thankful for the light that's been shining into my heart, that it's not, you know, it's good as I kind of encourage my children when, you know, we have a moment of discipline, it's like, it's grace that shines, you know, these moments and helps us to see what's going on, isn't it? So, yeah, so tongue, so trials, tongue, and then humility, um, my last one. I think just both of those first two leading me to see see my need and see the need, the value, the importance of humility in every aspect of our Christian walk, um, seeing ourselves truly as God sees us as a mist um, and just seeing, yeah, just seeing that we're in desperate need of his grace and mercy, like we cannot do this without. And in order to get to that point, we have to be humbled, don't we, to see our need. Um, so... Yeah, and humility and how we see others, how we see others around us, how we see our church family, how we see our circumstances and trials. And I think, uh, yeah, for me, it's a big theme through the book, isn't it? But just basically really seeing my need to need to need to see this. Mm. And I don't think I often pray, Lord, help me see my need for humility. 
but that's been a prayer and a kind of ongoing prayer in this book that I want I want the perspective that he's saying we need and I think that's yeah increasingly just thinking yeah that's I need I I want to be more and more humble Um, and that's definitely been I guess that, that that is a result of praying for wisdom isn't it yeah. Like as we pray for wisdom in all these things, ultimately we want the heavenly wisdom that shows humility to see who God is and who we are. Does that make sense? And I, I think like... yeah, absolutely. So, so praying for humility because we know that as we're humble and as we're dependent on God, then we fall back on His grace. I think without the grace in there, in our understanding, then there was, it was a bit daunting to be humble, isn't it? Because what are, what are yeah. we kind of left in in, in the dirt? But that, yeah. that phrase that's been through James, that lifted up, that but more grace and then lifted up, whatever our circumstances, then we are lifted up as we are humble. So it's kind of a, a prayer to be, see the real perspective, see the godly perspective, see who we are, see who God is. And as we're yeah. humble, then we are lifted up yeah. and grace, the implanted word that can save us. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, go. Your three words. We're running out of time already. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, you've really, you know, that's pretty much the whole book just Oh, sorry. <laughs> Mine are quite they're quite similar but maybe, but maybe just slightly different. So I think the first thing I was thinking about was I think all the way through James has been this this cultivating of a mindset. And I think it starts with that very first word in verse 2 consider mm-hmm. your joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. And that in its very self as a statement is just a crazy statement, is it? that you might consider it pure joy that you'd have trials. It's very similar to what you were saying, how we think about trials and how we think about what's going on. But I think I've maybe just taken a step back from, and it is all to do with trials, but in the midst of that, James, as we've been reading his letter, has been cultivating this mindset that has has put things in their right place in a, in a through the eyes of the Lord. This is what's going on. And trials can be considered joy because through the trials he is humbling us and causing Mm -hmm. us to fall back on his grace and lifting us up and if we're not in that mindset then it's total madness and I think that has really changed the way that I've read James because as you say we were at the start we're like are we ready for the pummeling that's going to happen convicted by the ways we're not doing this but I think I've been so thankful for the way that God really has been shifting my mindset that I might see things the way that he's seeing and as we've had these various trials throughout the book whether it be um are we actually looking after orphans and widows are we too worldly are we showing favoritism and you read that and you're like no I've got it all wrong but as we see that we've got it all wrong then the relief of no this is how it is without the wisdom that comes from the Lord and we do get it all wrong but but he says ask for wisdom and so so I think that the mindset that kind of cultivated mindset and I guess as a part of that is dependency which is very similar to your humility really Mm -hmm. if I was allowed two words oh no you're not though so keep with just dependency (laughs) (laughs) on God but very much I feel like every time I'm convicted of my my falling short then I'm reminded of how dependent I am on the Lord and especially in our last passage last week when we're thinking that as we're dependent then we pray and pray and pray and pray and that comes back to the chapter one doesn't it like if you are lacking wisdom then ask God pray and I love that that kind of little phrase in the middle of the book chapter four to but more grace so Mm. we can 
we can be dependent because there is more grace and there's grace. Yes. So that's been really, and then actually this is one which if I was um, usually saying this, I think I would be sort of having alarm bells about myself, but, but actually I'm thinking like activity. So the doing, which if you just have doing on it, so it's like, Oh no, I'm not sure about that. Are you just like, you know, ticking the box and keeping the rules, but actually in the James context, it's more is is my activity matching up with what I say mm. what I believe and I think the kind of embodied faith that we were talking about back in I think in relation to chapter three and, and that kind of the whole notion that actually we should not be double-minded we're not hedging our bets actually let's follow through on yeah. what we read believe and see because God is God and this is the reality this is what's going on so I think that's been yeah really challenging and in the midst of all this, Sarah, we have been talking again and again about grace. Mm. So, like, how has your view of grace been enlarged or grown by all of this? I think in a really surprising way because I wasn't sure. Like, I, d- I wasn't sure it was all about grace <laughs> at the beginning, but it really is. And I think, um, do you know what? Something that Sam Albury said was has stuck with me and has been super helpful. That he just said. Um, you know, James is like a, a really good friend who's willing to call you out and show you your heart and point you to Jesus's grace. And that has just really stuck with me because actually you look back over the book and go, yeah, this is a letter of grace. Mm-hmm. This is a letter that exposes our hearts. But the exposure is grace. Like that, that is a gift, isn't it? It's an undeserved gift that the Lord would show us our hearts and point us to the fact that he is generously willing and ready to give us more and more grace as we see our hearts. And I think that's just been wonderfully surprising and beautiful to behold that in so many different kind of facets of how this has impacted our hearts. Um, and it's all God-given. He knows what we need and he gives it freely. And we've seen that, haven't we? How about you? Yeah, I think similarly, I think that's sort of the deepness of the well of grace has been mm. all the more I think as I've become more aware of my sin, more aware of my double-mindedness, then I've become all the more thankful. The grace is sweeter, isn't it, I think? Yeah. And but it's so, I think, as you say, we weren't, we weren't sure at the start of the book whether it'd be that clear, but I think it's <laughs> crystal clear. And I think probably because of that humble dependency, like we've got, we've got nothing, and so we then mm. see that we've got everything through what God gives us so it's kind of all the more clear and all the more deep it's always been yeah. that deep but I think we're seeing it to be that deep because we're seeing the nature of our hearts I think it also kind of um, gives perspective on just you know not just James calling me out on my sin but actually like willing my friends willing like the people in my home group willing willing my church family to do this mm-hmm. to to be willing to stand up and say like I'm a bit concerned about your tongue at the moment or you know like have you thought about the way that you're loving um like different people in our church family like I think just that willingness is to say in grace like it is a gift to be able to call it call each other to account almost and say let's be keep let's keep striving together and let's yeah. let's be humble enough to accept those challenges and, like, yeah, in, a, in a kind of James like mindset James that way do you think do you reckon the knowledge of grace because without knowledge of that grace then why would we do it it's like it's just you're left hanging but with grace then there's every reason absolutely yeah well we're running out of time already and we could talk for a long time couldn't we and that's our big prayer for anyone who's listening that that these conversations would be ongoing and the fruit of talking about these things together I think is is huge 
not yeah. to be underestimated. So do pick up the phone, ring up a friend, have a chat about James, see where hearts and grace, understanding and freedoms to, to say these things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the only other thing to say really is that um, we will be back yeah. for season three, but we're going to take the summer off. Um, you are coming over to the UK. Very <laughs> exciting. Um, and we're going to have a good think and pray about what, uh, what is good to be getting stuck into next. Um, so we will reappear in the autumn. We're not yeah, quite sure. Please do be telling friends, reviewing. We, we just really appreciate it. We read every review and we're just so encouraged by what people are saying. And we'd love for more people to be getting into the word together. So do tell people, leave a review. And we'll look forward to being back in the autumn or the fall, as they call it. Oh, of course. Yeah, sorry. Um, Will I say a quick prayer as we round up? Oh, yes, please do. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Father God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the many ways in which you've shown us our hearts over the last season in James. And Lord, in some ways it's been very painful, but we thank you that it is grace that you expose our hearts and point us to the Lord Jesus and point us to more and more grace found in him. Thank you so much. Um, And we do pray, Lord, for all of our hearts, wherever we're listening, whatever we're doing right now, help us to stop and reflect, help us to consider our ways in light of this book. Um, And we do pray that you'd help us not to forget what you've been teaching us. Please help us to cement these things deeply in our hearts, that we would be living out our faith with deeds, knowing um, that you give us grace for every step along the way. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll look forward to seeing you in the fall. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. It's sponsored by tenofbows.com. Check them out for great discounted resources that point to